So, hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I am doing this podcast as my impressions or ideas on the Rose Ike 4 interview from today, which is June 14th of 2020. I watched nearly the whole interview. I was really looking forward to it. And I was able to listen to nearly all of it. <laughs> One thing I wanted to add was my son that I have referred to in previous podcasts, who is diagnosed autistic, is really, really, really into, he absolutely adores David Icke. I cannot even say how much he adores him. When David Icke starts to talk, my son just lights up. It's like he just lights up with glee and he is just ecstatically happy. And that makes me happy. When my son's happy, I'm very happy. But anyway, and we were both just laughing. We we found ourselves, and I know that it, it wasn't funny, but some of it was so, we just found ourselves laughing at just, how much it it was relatable to our lives as two people who are trying to navigate through this time and history out of the norm. And that's the only way I know how, how to say it. Out of the norm. We live in a, in a community that is predominantly very conservative, uh, probably probably predominantly um, just a very, very conservative place to live. And that is not to say that there isn't groups of more like-minded people. But even in this time, it has been really weird because people that we would normally be like-minded with have really, really taken on a lot of fear during this time. Because this virus or this talking about this virus is frightening to some people. And what I found is it it seemed to kind of correlate a little bit with age. I noticed where my like-minded friends who were older than I am were a little bit more fearful than I am about the virus. I have really taken the stand that I don't know what is going on. Um, I I really believe that that we do have viruses and and that um, there may be a virus. It may be different than other viruses that we've ever had before. But I do not take a alarmist view on these things. And in fact, I would say that. Being alarmist about it is going to make it even worse. It would just make it the issue even worse. I was I was quite taken back by the interview itself and how much um, of my content that he spoke about in different parts of the interview, especially near the end, like. I've talked about um, this idea, like, why do we believe that two plus two equals four? But, but Mr. Ike was taking the, the stand that people are trying to tell us that two plus two equals five. And, and we know that that's not true, but they're trying to make it true. 
And, um, and I, I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting analogy because I've, I've actually talked about this, like why things become truth and truth being this very, very elusive type of concept, actually, given the fact that everything is always changing. Everything is consistently changing. It's like change, 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 change. It's like consistent change is the only thing that we have to actually um, depend on (laughs) if there's any dependence outside of what I always say, the love of God is our, is our assurance. Um, But one thing that he said that Mr. Ike said repeatedly during the interview was that we are consciousness living in a an experience and i i say that a little bit differently i think the way that i would i would express that is more so a, re, a reality that everybody is living in their own reality i know this is a term that is kind of been overused at this point and what does that mean what does that mean that everybody is in their own reality and they are like actually in their own reality like I used to believe that there there was this collective reality, and I don't know that that even exists at this point. I believe there may be this collective consciousness, this um, this um, this uh, I guess this um idea of this um knowledge base that we all tap into um for knowledge and. And and I don't know, perhaps God, the universe, whatever, does have some kind of record of everything somehow objective. But I don't believe that we, as, as a human species, have that. We're all like experiencing things differently. We, we are experiencing things through our own lens. We have our own perceptions on, on everything. Uh, every experience every second which is only 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 the infinite now one now after another um and so (laughs) um you know and then the other thing that I found really interesting was that I I have been over the weekend I was really inspired and I've been writing my first how-to book how to um I've I've really stared away from that um, mostly because I personally just don't really like to be told what to do. I don't like to be told what to do. I, I like to hear what other people have done that has been successful for them. Um, and so I'm writing how like some kind of idea of a how-to book. And and David, I was talking about things that I had just written about two hours earlier which I thought was just really fascinating. Um, But it goes to the fact that I've expressed that he and I had very, very similar circumstances. His was like 30 years ago. Mine was two years ago. Um, They are very, very similar uh, instances, which, which is very, very comforting to me personally to know that there is somebody out there who has experienced something very similar and been ostracized me not to the degree he was because I'm not well known I was not well known I mean I just I was just you know but I did indeed um have a loss of nearly everyone in my life 
nearly everyone. Um, and I had a couple friends who stayed with me. My children suffered me for a while, but I think it's gotten a lot better at this point. But I've learned to manage it a lot better than I was in the beginning because I was like sort of dropped in this new paradigm. But on top of it, I was getting these synchronicities like almost continuously for several months and they have really slowed down, which has been wonderful. <laughs> because in the beginning, I didn't know what was going on. It was crazy. But um, anyway, I'm getting I'm getting off of the subject of, of this um, this interview. And I, I wanted to really like talk about my takeaways from it. My takeaways from the interview. Uh, and I, I think the biggest takeaway that I got was he, and I feel like I'm, I'm sort of improvising and sort of putting my own spin on it, that this would be, so what do we do? What do we do? We've got like this, this energetic conspiracy to form the entire planet, humanity on this entire planet into a certain way of being. And then we've got the masses who a really, really large portion of them are playing right into it. Into this, this, this conspiracy, really. And, and what do we do about it? And I feel like his answer was to not acquiesce. In fact, I think that would be like the perfect t-shirt. We should just say, don't acquiesce and put, David Icke, and we should sell them and make him massive amounts of money, which he categorically deserves for his lifetime of work. Um, and, <laughs> and because we shouldn't acquiesce. We shouldn't. And if enough of us don't, if enough of us do not comply, if enough of us do not buy into this narrative and just continue to live our lives as we as we see the truth of our lives then more and more people will start to see what is actually happening which i believe i believe that this is the time in our world's history where we can come together and unify. He talked about unity of all human beings, not based on, on all these characteristics that we try to say about ourselves, blackness, whiteness, and, and like in my case, female and blonde. But what I've done is, and actually I don't even know, I really believe that things come to me from from this these beings that actually communicate with me in some way and 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 that is what my brand just sort of came to me and it was blonde haired girl and and it just works for me and I don't know I feel like in some ways it sort of separates me from it's like some kind of shield from me like having to just 
be me out there. I'm actually a fairly shy person. Like people may not believe that I'm like quite introverted and a fairly shy person. And um, so it was sort of me having to like turn into this other other side of myself and really develop it to be able to do my YouTubes and and these podcasts. But so so for the last few probably about six weeks I had been uh doing live streaming on on Instagram and you could go to my Instagram and find them. They're they're I believe they're all still on there somewhere. Um, where I was live streaming from the farmer's market in the town that I live in. Um, my, my Instagram is uh, blonde hair girl YouTube. Um, and, and so I, I had been live streaming and it wasn't even necessarily people like actually going on live. There was a couple things I really wanted to be able to be on for more than one minute, which I had not figured out a way to to uh, present material on Instagram longer than a minute. And so I had to like really, really like condense whatever I wanted to say in this like 60 second format. And so I live streamed so that I could talk about it quite a bit longer. And this was an issue that I that has been near and dear to me for, for many years now, um, along with the idea of systemic pesticides in our seeds, uh, Monsanto, um, uh, and healthy food, and just our access to healthy food. And, and so my, my, um, my access came through a large proportion of my food had, was coming from the far, my local farmer's market and that had been going on for a while. So when this quarantine happened, I was seeing like the bright side of this is that we may become more dependent on the, the local farms. When I went into like a regular grocery store when this pandemic happened, I mean, I could not even buy a yellow onion. Literally, there were no onion, no like white onions, none. And like I would make my children this sopa and I got these like, it's kind of like Mexican pasta and I would buy them at Fry's and there were none. The the shelf was picked clean. There was not one bag. And I just, and there was no broth. There was like, there was this huge issue with food where people were just hoarding it. And um, along with toilet paper, which I still to this day do not understand the toilet paper thing. But anyway, and so, and so I, I was so excited about the farmer's market and, and they had very, very quickly gone online. So what you did was you placed your order and then you went on Saturday at the allotted times and you went and you stayed in your car, you waited in your car and then you got to the front of the line, you, you gave them your name and then they gave you your stuff. They just put it right into your car and off you went. And I was really, I was really like, you know, it was kind of a neat little system they had going and I was really 
like proud of them, how they got it going so fast. They found a really accurate payment system that was really easy for me to access. Like when I went on to make my order the next night, the next time it had my payment information already on. I mean, it was just really well done. But this week was the first week that it went back to a modified open market. And I had talked a little bit in in my in my live streaming about that I really kind of missed the market. I missed like walking around it mostly because that was where I found um my my friends that were um that were <laughs> uh more like-minded than other places were at the farmers market. And so and they they knew me pretty well and I and I they knew what I bought and I I just um <laughs> and I just have to tell y'all something it was so funny. So during this the 6 weeks that that they had basically the closed market my my CBD oils that I buy at at um the farmers market they could not sell them on that website. They just couldn't. And so I had to get with him personally. <laughs> them, it's like this couple, this really sweet couple. And I had to get with them. And then and then he met me in the parking lot. <laughs> and I've been making making jokes with my friends at work about how I was like, oh yeah, my drug deal. And um it's like, oh, we're making jokes about like, oh, I'll be in the red the one with the red cap on. It was hilarious. But anyway, he did. He met me in the parking lot and brought me my C B D oils and I was able to pay for it right there. And it was just really nice. Um he actually wasn't there yesterday. I was looking for that because I'm I, I don't I actually at this point I do not do, do do CBD oils every single day, but I I do take them um mostly in the middle of the night if I'm having trouble falling back to sleep. And I just swear by this stuff. It is just wonderful. But anyway, so so I I come yesterday and I and they did say something about a suggestion that that we wear masks. So I pull up and I and I get my bags out of you know my recycle bags out of my car and I'm I'm walking toward and everyone is wearing masks. Everyone with the exception of me. And so I had this like initial feeling coming over me. Okay. But I just proceeded and I just walked through and I bought the things that I bought. I noticed some people looking at me looking at me kind of funny. And and that was one of the things that he was saying that my son and I were cracking up so, so, so much about Mr. Ike was, he was saying that people will tell you if you go out without a mask, you are killing people. You are literally, you are killing people if you don't wear a mask. And we just busted up laughing so hard. And, um, and I, 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 uh, anyway, so I walked up and I didn't have a mask. I was the only one who didn't have a mask and I, I really got distracted. I was very distractible yesterday and I ended up getting in my car and I didn't do any kind of live stream about it, but he talked about this today. He talked about this idea and, and it had not occurred to me that 
that my farmer's market would deny me being able to buy something based on anything in particular. Um, but I'm hoping that things will roll out and evolve toward them not having the expectation of masks and not having the expectation that I would take this vaccination, which is the bigger issue of what's happening. This vaccination is, is, is really, really an interesting thing for me. I have a child who is diagnosed autistic and I remember when he was coming up for, you know, giving your child their shots. And I remember having questions about it. I had questions about the vaccinations. And I remember sort of asking them and, you know, and then inquiring with my mother and my mother you know, grew up when polio was a huge problem. And she said, Jamie, the vaccination is better than the disease. This is what I was told. And so my son was vaccinated. He got his MMR when he was, he was 20 months old. And several months later, he had his first seizure. Now, granted, it wasn't within weeks, which is what they try to tell us is, is the deciding factor. But he had a seizure when he was 21 months old. That was the first, that was really, really frightening to me. And I also did not know that my child was autistic. I did not know he was autistic. And I don't even remember there necessarily being signs of autism at this time, but it was when he was around three and a half that I started to notice he had some unusual behaviors. Like he did some unusual things. Like he used to run around the backyard with like a like a broom in his hand, not like riding it like a witch, but like he would have this broom and he would like do this tapping thing with his hands and he would run the perimeter of the backyard or um he he would like line up cars and then he would do this like hand clapping thing and he um he had quite a few of these really kind of odd behaviors um, when he was young. And, and I knew that my son was not like other children. And I frankly didn't care. I did not care. I, um, I read books to him every day. And I, I was not worried about him at all. I mean, I knew he was different, but I didn't care. And I won't even get into how exactly things went down um, that he ended up being forced, basically kind of forced into a diagnosis. But the thing about the diagnosis that is kind of good is the fact that there are more services available if your child is diagnosed. And so my son was like in speech therapy and occupational therapy and in play groups. He had an IEP through school. He had a lot of supports uh, and I think that those things were really, really beneficial to him. And so I do not begrudge my child this, this diagnosis. However, I will say I did not ever, when he was young, tell him it was, he was autistic. I never told him that. And so it wasn't until he got older that people started asking him. And, and I finally told him that he was autistic and he 
and and he did his I guess he did his own investigation I just said you know your brain just works different than other people you know I just left it at that because I didn't want him to live into some box into some stereotyped typed version of what he should be as as a diagnosed autistic person but anyway so then there's this idea of of immunization so my daughter when my son was was um diagnosed my daughter was about two and she had had half of her shots and I didn't give her any more and I didn't give James any more shots after that so my daughter didn't have any more immunizations after two and my son didn't after four and then I had another child and I ended up having him at home mostly because I didn't want anybody messing with him did not want doctors messing with my baby. So I had him at home and it was it was it was an excruciatingly painful amazing experience for me. And so then it came time to like do I do I um give him vaccinations or do I not and I really don't want to get into a long discussion about it but I have vaccinated my son my my youngest son for some things I did give him some vaccinations and it's not that I'm like anti-vaccination generally what really bothers me is that is that we can't have a discussion about it we can't have a reasonable discussion about if there is a correlation between neurological issues and vaccinations because if you say anything you are deemed stupid a moron and any scientists who come out with any kind of scientific studies that show any links those studies are debunked by a community that wants us to vaccinate our children without question and so then on on other years of things, other other times of things, and throughout the year, you know, and I've different jobs, you know. Oh, you have to have this flu shot. I won't. I won't have a flu shot. I'm never having a flu shot. I'm not going to have a shingle sh- shot. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to be having any shots, and I'm certainly not going to take on this this COVID nineteen vaccine. I'm not going to do it. I will not have this shot. And so it made me wonder if, because I felt kind of safe with my market, this market that I had been going to for years, I felt kind of safer with them. And then I came this last week and I'm hoping that things are going to get better because the way that I felt when I went this week that they may be in the camp that we will not sell you food unless you get vaccinated. Which is some kind of kind of possibility. I hope it doesn't come back down to that. My hope is that enough people will question this and will not take this vaccine. Enough people will not acquiesce that we as a species will be able to stand in our power because we are powerful. We are powerful. 
We actually have the power to harness the power of that which created everything in us to be able to develop whatever it is that we need. And I believe that we have the power to heal our bodies. We have the power to heal our bodies energetically through the power of intention. I'm not really sure how it all works, but I, and I see it. I see it. And so I believe in this. And so what Mr. Ike was talking about a lot today was us unifying. He was talking, he was talking about this coalition between the virus and then now this Black Lives Matter. And I have been, I have been really not focused on it very much, which sounds utterly terrible. It sounds like racist. If I say that I'm not focused on it very much, it's like, oh, well, what, are you a racist? Oh, what, you don't care about black people? And I would say, yes, I care about black people and Indian people and Muslim people and children and old people, people in Africa. (laughs) I care about like all people. I care about gay people, Native Americans. And so, and so I've been in just sort of this quandary because I also know that that which we, which we call our attention to, if we focus on the problem and not focus on what it is that we want, the problem will continue. The problem continues until we set our minds and our intentions are on that which we would like to see. And I just believe with every ounce of myself, whatever I am, as an expression, I may say it differently. I say I'm an aspect of God. Some people don't like to use the word God. So I think that Mr. Ike is using the word consciousness. I use the word God. I'm an aspect of God. And I believe we are here for joy and that we're here for adventure. We're here to experience each other, to experience that which we love to do with the people we love to do it with. I think we are here to enjoy a meal. I think we're here to dance, to ski, to to just go through life breaking and coming back together again. And I'm speaking of even our own bodies, even our own heart, just breaking over and over again. But it just keeps beating because it's so beautifully made. It's made to break. And so, and so I, I come with this, that, that we can, we can have world peace. We can have world peace. And I believe that we are coming to a time where it is the greatest time 
on our timeline, in our time-space reality dimension to be able to realize the term like heaven on earth. That heaven is here and heaven is there. But we can have heaven here. We don't have to die to be happy. (laughs) And so what I heard in Mr. Ike's words today are if we unify as we if we unify as humans if we unify and we don't acquiesce if we don't acquiesce to fear and conformity that we can collectively just sort of peace our way like Peace, P-E-A-C-E, peace our way, the being of peace, the being love, being peace, being love, being unified our way into what it is we want, which is actually freedom. It's actually freedom. And so I, I was just, I got off, I got, I, I, I ended the, the, the interview with just so much inspiration of this joy of, of, of hearing his words and being inspired to tweak my own message just a slight bit to this term of not acquiescing. It's not necessarily protesting, but it's just living the way that I want to live, which is mask free, (laughs) fear free, vaccination free, (laughs) the freedom to move, the freedom to live my life the way that I want to live it. You know, it's interesting. They had talked, somebody had talked to me about this and they said, well, you know, how, how, how could people actually like live like free to like do what they want? Because they're like, they're, they come with this assumption that people are intrinsically bad and that, that they, they would want to do bad things and, but Jesus said there were only two commandments and it was to love God and love each other as we love ourselves. So to love God, to love others and love ourselves. And love has intrinsic care in it. Love does not seek to hurt other people. It doesn't seek to hurt ourselves or other people or other species on, on our planet. It just... It's just intrinsic to the whole nature of love. It's supporting. It's inclusive. And then there was another thing that came to mind for me during the interview that he didn't quite say, but like in historical background, 
he was talking about history and history repeating itself. And he was, they were talking, he and Mr. Rose were talking about, about how people are pulling down these statues, these historical statues, and not that either one of them would subscribe to, to the images that people think of when they see these statues, but that if you re- erase history, it may repeat itself. That in reminding of us our, of our history, we, w- we wouldn't want to do that again. And then I think about Jesus. I think about how an entire religion is based around his death. And especially in like the Catholic tradition where his body is on the cross. You walk into a Catholic, many Catholic churches and Jesus is still hanging there. This is what happens to you if you don't conform. This is what happens if you don't, if you say that the only commandments are to love God and to love each other and to love yourself. This is what happens to you. So they give this 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 amazingly strong image that you will be tortured. So you better fall in line. You better be a sheep. And it's gone on for 2,000 years or so. I mean, we talk about years and I'm not really sure about time and I'm not entirely sure that all these timelines are not happening all at the same time because if there is only the infinite now and there's only the now, then it's like the possibility that all these timelines are happening all at the same time. It's just crazy stuff. But like the seemingly 2,000 years ago, it still goes on today. Where if you don't, if you don't fall in line, you will be tortured and killed. But I have to say that I don't know if that is the truth anymore. That I believe that it's all based on our beliefs. And if the time of sacrifice is over that there was no time of sacrifice there is no sacrificing for the forgiveness of sin i would say that and i know it's heresy and a lot of people i just they lose me i lose them this is a barrier that it wasn't supposed to be set up that there's sacrifice Because love itself would not require that ever. It just loves. (laughs) And so now, now the call today from the interview was to not acquiesce. Just to live our lives. Keep loving people, loving each other supporting each other and to not be fearful and to not acquiesce. And so that's what I plan to do.
And I was just so incredibly appreciative of that interview. <laughs> it's like so many people in my, if I have a tribe, it's like there are people that are not in my physicality and it would just be so incredibly great if someday they were. <laughs> it would be so great. <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate you listening and I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.